God has a word for us today that's been stirring in my heart for uh, a while, and I was thinking, well, what do we what do we end the the year on? And one of the things that uh, I say often is, is the way that you end one thing is how you enter into the next, and it applies in a lot of areas of life. And uh, and so I thought, well, you know, Lord, what would be the greatest thing that maybe we could finish this year with? And uh, my attention was brought to the word faith, the word faith. Now, you should have some notes. If you don't have notes, does everybody have notes? Okay, great, great, great. Good job, ushers. Thank you so much. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, uh, we'll, the, the notes were because uh, there's just a lot of scriptures that I want to go through And I want you to be able to focus on it while keeping it. And if you're online and you would like some notes, just uh, email the church or my email address, if you have it, danny at hopealive.cc, and I'll send those to you also. Uh, We've been on this series for the last few weeks, uh, From Chaos to Christmas. And uh, I thought, well, maybe today should be From Chaos to Christ, which really was the meaning all along, is how do we go from the chaos that we live in to Christ personally, so there's this personal encounter with him. It's really the only thing that keeps people motivated, I think, in their walk with God, is if they're encountering them. If you don't encounter God long enough, then you'll begin to doubt. You'll begin to maybe fall back into a religious mode where you know uh, something's up, but you're not sure, and so you're just kind of pushing yourself to stay involved and so forth. Um, But God wants to take us further than that. The Bible teaches that we all have a spiritual compass inside of us. And uh, the compass is needed to get you and I to the right destination or the right destiny. And it can only happen if our compasses are working properly. I don't have a compass. I couldn't find one. My phone had one, but I thought that would be cheesy to show you a compass on my phone. Wouldn't quite fit the story here, the narrative. But we, we all have this inward compass. But the, the problem was, is since mankind sinned, it, 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 it decalibrated or demagnetized the compass, that spiritual compass that we have inside, therefore rendering it basically useless. And, and, and it's so bad that we, uh, the Romans, the book of Romans through Paul said, hey, uh, you, you wouldn't even seek me. That's how broken your compass got. Now, we know that there's an act of pursuit of a higher power. And you hear words like that, higher power, or uh, it really irritates me when they say, the man upstairs. You know, and I think, oh, if you, only, if you only got a glimpse of the man upstairs, you'd be on your face. But, but we know this because there's nowhere you can go on the planet that when you find a new tribe or a new group of people that they haven't established some form of a god, a sun god, a rock god, an animal god, or some sort of a god. It's everywhere because there is the compass inside of each one of us, but it's just broken. And the resolve to the broken compass is Jesus Christ himself. In in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, For by grace given to me, 
Grace given to me. It's a free gift. I tell everyone among you not to think of themselves more highly than they should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Or in other words, he's put a faith compass inside of every person. That's why there is a natural draw toward him. Now, usually people become frustrated until they find out that uh, somebody introduces them to who Jesus Christ is and what he did for them and how he came to this earth because we have a broken compass inside of us. He came to this earth to die for all of our sins and replace and repair the compass. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that this compass is a faith compass. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, I can't connect with God. I cannot please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 1 John 5, 4, for whoever, whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this victory that has overcome the world is our faith. Our faith, it's our faith. It's this compass inside of faith, the spiritual compass inside that we, we have inside of each and every one of us. And uh, as I was thinking about this, I thought about a compass, and an actual compass, and how they work and how they function and how that little arrow somehow is able to find north or south no matter how lost you are. It still has the ability to point out north and south, and it's really a miracle if you really think about it, and if you research it and you study it. But I, I have this idea, Do we, can we get some, uh, are we going to get some verses going, do we know? Okay, can we pull up the, uh, the, uh, the, the picture that's on there? Sorry, we're having struggles with our equipment, and so here's a... A picture, uh, and we're going to call this an atom. Okay, and an atom is made up of three parts, and one of those parts is called an electron. And I'm not going to go through all of this because uh, it's, it's not necessary. But in a nutshell, that top atom, we'll call it an atom or a piece of steel, a square of steel, and the bottom square of steel, you notice the difference in the two. The top one has arrows that are going all different directions. And the bottom one has arrows going in one direction. I call the top uh, atom the unsaved atom. And the bottom one I call the saved atom. And and, and And a compass, a compass needs a magnetic force in order to work. And if you know what a compass looks like, it's a little round deal. It doesn't have to be round, but it has a, 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 basically a nail in the center, and it has an arrow in it. And that arrow will find north or south, but only if it's magnetized. Something has to happen to that arrow for it to function and to work. And it's actually pretty easy to make a, uh, a compass uh, if you just have a little bit of water and a couple of little things going for you, a little metal needle or a little piece of aluminum foil, you could just make a compass really easy, but that needle, that arrow would have to be magnetized in order for it to work. 
And what it's doing is it's connecting with the North Pole or the South Pole. And if you, if you know how, and if you've seen a magnet work, it's, it's very, very interesting. And, and, and yet that, that magnet has to be, that the, the arrow has to be magnetized. And I'm thinking about way back, and, and, and this will help explain this up here, this screwdriver is not magnetized. But when I, used to, when I was a mechanic, we used to magnetize all of our screwdrivers. You've probably even bought a screwdriver that has a little magnetic tip on it, right? It, it helps hold the screws. But this one's not magnetized, but I can magnetize it if I just have a magnet. And the way that you do it is you take this magnet and you just run it in the same direction. And you just turn it around and you run it over a magnet 10 times all in the same direction, and what it does is it takes the electrons that are all against each other and now puts them in the same direction and it magnetizes them. And now this will be magnetized and it will pick up screws and uh, whatever metal it needs to happen. But something had to happen to it for it to happen. And when I, when I thought about it, you look at that, the, the, probably that top uh, square would be like man's heart before Jesus comes to him. And it's all going all over the place, and it won't pick up anything. It doesn't get it. But once it becomes in contact with the magnet, then all of a sudden it gets it, and it becomes a magnet itself. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, Lord, that's, that's interesting how that works, but that's what makes my inward compass come to life is when I get into contact with Jesus Christ personally. How many can say amen to that? You recognize from before and after. And now all of a sudden, inside of you, once you become born again, you have this spiritual compass that will lead you and guide you. Now just a thought about a, a, a magnet is that over time, this could lose its magnetism. And so I would have to come back and remagnetize it if I wanted it to continue to function and work like it needed to function so that I could do what? Continue to follow the Lord or follow the Holy Spirit every day of my life. And I just found that to be very interesting. And another interesting fact about a magnet is, and, and, and this will, you'll pull this together a little bit as we go on, is you can demagnetize a magnet two ways, either with heat or with a sharp blow. So I could take a hammer, if I had magnetized this, and I could hit this two or three times, and it would put it back into state number one, confusion, disarray, disagreement, and no magnetism. Or I can put it through the heat, and through that process, demagnetize it. I'm just thinking, Lord, this is something else, because when you really look at the whole concept of the North Pole and the South Pole, I had not really ever made this connection, that here's this magnet, and you know how magnets work. You, you can take two magnets, and they'll either come to each other, or if you turn them in the opposite direction, they'll push away from each other, right? It has to do with this North-South and North Pole, South Pole, and how these uh, um, Electrons either are lined up or not lined up. And God wants to align your electrons 
so that your compass can work properly to follow God. And I've often wondered, you know, what, how do people come to the saving knowledge of God and then at some point they drift away from him, walk away from him, lose their love and zeal and excitement for him, which seems impossible, doesn't it? <laughs> how could you lose zeal for God? But people do that. And again, it comes sometimes with a blow. Wasn't expecting that. Sometimes it comes through a very hard, challenging season. This past year has been a very hard, challenging season. So I have to maybe double check. Do I need to, you know, do I need to remagnetize? Am I doing that on a regular basis? Or have I become... uh, like the confusion of the upper magnet. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 again says, For by grace you uh, give it to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. So each one of us have been given the ability to have our faith compass working. It's not something I have to earn. And I know sometimes when you think about the word faith, you, you, you think about these well, faith giants, you know, these, oh, these men of faith, and wow, they really have it, you know, and it's like, wow. No, that's not it at all. He's distributed to everybody a measure of faith. There's not one person on this planet that should have more faith than what you have. But yet our minds don't tell us that. And so we retreat from actually maybe functioning the type of faith we should and need to function in. And so God's calling his church back. He's saying, okay, we've gone through a real challenging year. What are we going to do now? What, how are we standing now? We're all, we've all been given a measure of faith, um, <clears throat> and it's time now for us to make sure we don't fall into the demagnetized person state. And the Bible talks about that, interestingly enough. He knew about magnets, too, before me. James chapter 1 and verse 6, to give us a little bit of a flavor of this. But let him ask in faith, let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not a man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. When you look at the word double-minded there, what it means, here's what it means. Now listen to this here, because this, is, this, is, this should speak to all of us and make us stop and at least think for a moment, is this how I'm operating? Is this how I'm functioning? I, I find it's easy for me to read, oh, he's a double-minded man, unstable and all. It has to be somebody else and not me. <laughs> but really, a double-minded man is a person who simply operates sometimes in the soul level and other times in the spirit level. So you're born again, but you're just going back and forth. One minute you're being led by the Spirit, it's awesome, it's powerful, and the next minute you're, you're, you're yelling at somebody. Now we got quiet on that one. But you, so you must know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, one minute you're just the, the best Christian on the planet, and the next minute you're just raging. 
you know, or you're doing something stupid, you know, and you're kind of like, wow. Double-minded, the, the definition of it is wavering, you're uncertain, you're doubting, or really the, the one I'm focusing on today is you have divided interest. And, and so you're, you're, you're more stuck to this earth and your soul life than heaven and your spirit life. And that is a double-minded, that's, a, that's the way we become demagnetized. And pretty soon we're, you know, we're all over the board and, and it's, just, it's just so easy to live on this earth being mixed with living in the spirit realm and the soul realm. And the soul is your mind, will, and emotions. You, you are coming up with all the ideas. You're, you're coming up with how it's gonna happen. You're, 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 you're buckling down and you're gonna make this life work. By God, you're going to make it work. And you're going to be spiritual about it. You know, and, and you, you take off on your own and, and so forth. And, 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 and really, this is what God, I believe, would want to address with us today. How can we make sure that we're fully magnetized so that our compass can work perfectly as it was meant to work each and every day? Let's pray. Father, I pray even now that as we continue to look at your word, your Holy Spirit's the only one that can come in and divide and separate and help us to get it, Father. And even to separate the things that are distracting us or demagnetizing us. And yet, God, you have a desire to help our compasses be everything that they should be and function perfectly. And I pray today that that would happen as we continue to look into your word in Jesus' name. See, oftentimes, you know, the, the, the whole heating or the hammering thing would have to do with maybe you're struggling with some disappointments or maybe you're struggling with unanswered prayers or maybe you're just struggling with waiting on God. I mean, uh, come on, how many really have learned by now, if you've been a Christian more than about 30 seconds, that God has his own clock and timetable? And it's not always yours, but if you press in, you find that he was right. What about just answered or unanswered prayer? Or what about just persecutions? You know, these are the things that are kind of coming against us to, again, demagnetize us. Because if he can keep us in this confusing, confusing state and keep your compass from directing you properly, then he will have accomplished what he wants to accomplish because he'll get you right off of the will of God. He will not let you find your destiny and your, or get to your destination. And I, and I hope that, this is, that, that, that that's kind of penetrating here because I think we would all probably say, I just want to do the will of God. But not all will if your compass isn't working. And yet the Holy Spirit gives us these things. And, and, and some people are just struggling because of the uh, resistance and the rejection of Christ in our culture. How many people are feeling that pressure now and bowing to it? I'm just trying to be honest here today. You know, the culture is uh, clearly against Christianity and Christ. We have been duped by our schools and colleges to believe things that man has come up with to be more true than what God has come up with. 
We've been duped into this, so now we're facing a generation that's struggling to experience and have faith because they're mixing it with man's philosophy and man's traditions and man's thoughts. And they are going against what Christ taught. And so you hear this day in and you hear this day out, and before you know it, you're starting to, you're starting to, to, to get demagnetized. And your compass is like, well, well, what should I do? And I think this past year is really proving that. Do I really believe that God will divinely protect and heal me? Or am I starting to be fearful about it? Am I leaning into man's solutions to all of this? And I'm just going to be honest with you. I think some have. I've thought it. Have you thought it? I mean, you just find yourself thinking, well, well, maybe... (laughs) And I'm thinking, wait a minute, God, I want to walk in full faith. And I just, if I could just say this carefully, but yet honestly, I'd rather die in faith than live in doubt. Because of everything that Christ did for me. And so I need to remagnetize myself through the only thing that will do that, and that's the Word of God. And I think most of us would probably have a uh, a, a shade of guilt. You know, they have the deal, that the, the app you can, excuse me, put on your phone to tell you how long you're on your cell phone. What if our Bible had one of those? <laughs> what would it look like? <laughs> but yet this is the only thing that will keep me from being demagnetized. Because I have a culture, Romans talks about this, don't be conformed or squeezed into the mold of your culture. And and, and it just happens and you don't even realize it because it just comes ever so slowly, so slowly, so slowly that all of a sudden I realize where I'm at. I have no zeal for the Lord. I have no spiritual uh, inclinations. I'm not pursuing the will of God. I'm not thinking each day, God, how am I going to serve you? God, how am I going to fulfill my destiny? God, how am I going to follow you? What am I going to do? What do you want me to do today, God? I'll just do it. I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know, that's just, it's, if that's missing, then my compass is getting demagnetized. And it can do it little by little. A compass doesn't all of a sudden stop working. It slowly gets there, but then you're off center. And see, you don't know it because you're still looking at the arrow that says it's pointing north. And God's saying, no, 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 no. I want your compass to be completely magnetized. And we know in the last days, the Bible is very clear about deception and and all of that. And we see believers, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, we see some believers that are kind of risen to the forefront in Christianity through music or preaching, all of a sudden backsliding, and not just backsliding, but disclaiming Jesus himself. And I'm thinking, what's going on? They got demagnetized. Has to be it. And the compass wasn't working. And they ended up way over there and didn't even know it till they fell off the cliff. You see, we have to recognize the importance and the value of the leading of the Spirit and how God has to lead us and wants to lead us. And, and, and so when we come to the book of Hebrews, 
uh, it talks to, uh, to, to, to the, the writer. I'm not exactly sure who wrote Hebrews, Luke or maybe Paul or somebody wrote the book of Hebrews to the Jewish people because they had gotten saved. They got turned around, but then the pressure of the religious people began to come upon them and they started getting weak in the faith that they started with. And so the, the writer of Hebrews comes and just says, okay, okay, let me bring you guys back to where you should be in your faith. And so if you know the chapter, it's Hebrews chapter 11, it's known as the faith chapter. And, and, and so he brings them back, and in chapter 6, he says, listen, I'm going to challenge you to go on to perfection, He's talking to believers. Go on to perfection. Don't stop now. You're getting distracted. Don't go back to sacrifices. Don't go back to the Jewish religious traditions. Don't go back. You're going forward. And this is a big deal. They had a struggle coming out of the Old Testament into the New. And we still see the struggle today. And we even see it coming into Christianity sometimes. We want to do everything they did. And I just tell you, Jesus resolved at the cross everything for us. So in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, are we, are we missing that altogether now? Okay, it's just, just blacked out for a moment. Are we going to have the verse up there? I just need to know how to move forward here. That's all. I've lost my compass on... And it's not their fault, it's our equipment, it's what we're working toward replacing, which we will. Uh, Hebrews chapter one and verse, uh, 11, verse 1, we're pr pr familiar with this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things not seen. So he's bringing them back now, he's saying, okay guys, this is what's important. What is the substance here? It's faith, isn't it? Faith is the substance. Do you have faith still? Or have you lost it? And, and, and the word substance there, I found to be quite interesting. It means substructure or it means foundation. So my faith has a foundation underneath it that's sure and it's solid. And it, it's, it's, it defines out as it's a firm foundation. It's, 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 it's a... It's a resolved foundation. It's, it's completely, uh, I'm trusting in it completely. Kind of like you trusted in that chair when you sat down in it today. You just sat down, didn't you? you just, I'll just sit in this thing here. I'll just sit, boom, I can do it. Now, if this was cardboard, I wouldn't have done that, neither would you. But you had faith that that chair, those metal legs were going to hold you no matter how much Christmas dessert you ate. <laughs> my wife said, does this new shirt, how many like my new shirt? Does this new shirt fit you? I said, no, but it will as soon as I lose a few. So I'm not budging. I'm not giving it away. But there's an underlying surety and subtleness. There's no wavering here. The faith is the substance. We have to have faith functioning inside of us. And then he goes on <clears throat> like this. He says, Hebrews 11 and verse 2, this is what the ancients or those of the Old Testament were commended for. And now he's going to go through a whole litany of people. 
And so, so he says, I'm going to take you now on this little journey so that I can teach you about faith again because you've lost it. And he says, hey, what about Abel? He offered the right sacrifice. What about Enoch? He pleased God and was taken. And he goes down, what about Noah? He prepared an ark. He was obedient to what God called him to. What about Abraham? He obeyed God and was willing to give it all up and to risk it all for God. And he goes, what about Sarah? She counted him faithful. And I stopped at that one because it caught my attention. And I want to just read a, a, a few verses about this. In, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11, it says, Through faith, now listen to this, listen to this. Through faith, Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. She considered him faithful, so she quit looking at the circumstances and what she couldn't see and what wasn't happening and what was against nature, what was against life. She wasn't supposed to be able to have children because of her age. She quit looking at that, and she counted him faithful for his word to her. And remember, listen, remember when it started up about 25 years earlier, she laughed. Remember that? She laughed. <laughs> she just laughed. And yet, you see, she counted him faithful, and because she had that steadfastness, that firmness about him, she didn't care what it looked like. She, I'm sure she was mocked, because everybody knew about Abraham's promise. Oh, he's going to be the father of many. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's going to do this great thing, and he can't even have a child. So she was mocked, I'm sure. She was made fun of. But she had to resort to and revert to he who made the promise. And I wonder how firm I'm standing on him who made the promise. I'm thinking, God, I just want to be there. That's where I want to be. And then he goes on and he says this in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32. He says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith, the faith of Gideon and Barak and, and, and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets. Verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Lion. And verse 34, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong because valiant, they, were, they became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their death, their, their dead to life again. He says, how much more do I have to show you to get you remagnetized to faith and to completely believing God? And I thought today, I thought, wow, man, what an amazing thing. Remember we talked about the, the, the fire potentially impacting the magnetism of a piece of metal? I just thought about the three Hebrew children. I think because they counted him faithful, they went into the fire, Jesus met with them, and they came out with greater faith. Come on. So I don't have to be demagnetized because I go through the fire or because I get hit with something or because something unexpected happens or doesn't go the way I want it to go. I don't have to be demagnetized if I'm founded on him. 
And this is the key, and this is what we must catch. In the beginning was the Word. And there's nothing more powerful than what we have in our hands. And yet we diddle around with it. I, 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 I probably got in trouble from a friend of mine on Facebook. I just couldn't resist, though. It says something about, you know, how to have one minute with God successfully. And I thought, are you kidding me? One minute is all you're shooting for? I mean, isn't that ridiculous when you think about what we try to do? And, uh, yes, I commented. I'm sorry. I didn't sin. I didn't sin, but I commented. <laughs> I got close. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, you know, one minute. Oh, I hope you succeed. <laughs> My goodness. And it, it, but that's how we've gotten to. That's where we're at. We've got so many distractions. We've got so many things that we're getting demagnetized and we're not drawing back. Our, 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 our compass isn't getting us in the right direction. We're going to end up in the wrong place. And this is the danger that I want to clip into each one of us. We don't have to walk in fear. But all I'm saying is you've got a compass and you've got to tend to your compass. And if you don't, it will demagnetize with time and you'll end up in the wrong place. And some of you have already experienced maybe in a small way, you know, God gives us these you know, little warnings along the way and we, we, we mess up and, well, we, wow, where am I at? How did I get here? And, and, and we need to heed to that. We need to heed to that. We know Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. And he wants us to please him. And, and, uh, and he is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. And he's a promise keeper. And Sarah counted him faithful. And she stayed back to the word over and over and over and over. But God said, but God said, but God said, Habakkuk said, though the fig tree doesn't blossom, it doesn't matter. God said. And, and, and I'm wondering how many God saids do we have built up to where we're able to do that at every turn. That's faith. That's faith. We, we need more faith for this year than we did for last year. Did we get it? Did you learn? Did we grow? 1 John 5, 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. It's an exciting thing. So what about faith, and how important is it? Uh, and, and I'm going to just uh, skim through this quickly. Uh, in first, in, uh, excuse me, in... Uh, I didn't write the scripture down here. Romans 1.17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. You know, how important is faith? This is my point for us to catch right now. This is what I want you to not let it slip over your head or pass you by. I want you to hear this because, you see, uh, your faith is critically important. I mean, it's not just, a, it's not just oh, I, yeah, yeah, I have faith. This is critically important for you. And I want to read to you just a small, short list, not even a full list, quote by quote from the scriptures 
about your faith and how important it is. The Bible says that the just will live by faith. And this is on your notes. The just shall live. You know what that live, that word live is an abundant life. I could be living the abundant life if I am led by the Spirit. Or I have faith for it. For the, 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 they walk by faith and not by sight. We are saved by faith. We pray prayers of faith. We keep the faith. We speak the word of faith. And there's scriptures for all of these. We please God with faith. We receive a good testimony by faith. We take up the shield of faith. And, and then it says in 1 Timothy 6.12, I will even fight the good fight of faith to lay hold on eternal life to which I was called and have confessed the good confession of the presence of many witnesses. In other words, my faith is going to be seen and demonstrated to, by, to people around me. So, man, our faith is absolutely critical. There's nothing short of being critical, and it has to do with your faith compass inside of you, directing every one of your steps. The steps of a good man, the Bible says, are ordered of the Lord. And, then, and, and I, I threw this scripture in. I'll just say it quickly, and then I want to just give us five ways to stay strong in our faith in 2021. Hebrews 10.35, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Now, this really captured my attention. I really want you to try to catch this. The word confidence there means freedom in speaking, unreserved in speech. Aren't we in the decade of the voice? <clears throat> Openly. Frankly, and without concealment. I tell you what, there's been a lot of trying to quiet people down. And I just don't want you to think it's a little accident. That's all I don't want you to think. You can think what you will, but don't think it's an accident. And all you have to do is look around at people around you now and see how it's affecting everybody. But he's telling us, don't cast away your freedom to speak. Don't cast away your unreservedness in speech. Don't get rid of your confidence because of what they're trying to do out there. Because actually, aren't your words supposed to be more powerful? The oracles of God, the word of faith. <laughs> Come on, right? I mean, and yet, we have to, you know... We, we look around now, we think, oh, well, am I, you know, I, I won't go there. Okay, how will I stay strong in 2021? Listen to this, just grab a hold of these, and I'm going to trust they're going to minister to you. And, and if, we, if you'll take these and just ask the Holy Spirit to, to take them further for you, I know he will. Number one, read and study the truth. Hashtag for more than one minute. Too many people are underachievers or overachievers in the Bible has been my experience. They don't read it enough to grasp it or to have enough to help them. And there's others on the other side that all they do is study to try to somehow mentally understand it and to know more than you know. That's not what the Bible's about. The Bible uh, says study to show yourself approved 
okay, of somebody that doesn't need to be ashamed. Who's going to be somebody that's ashamed? Somebody that totally misses God while they're studying his word. The Bible says in, in the volume of this book, you will find him. Romans 10, 17, of course you know that. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And that's the, the word there, this, uh, uh, the rhema word. In other words, where God takes this word and speaks it to you. The second thing is to meditate on the word and on God's destiny for your life. How often do you do that? How often do you just stop and you've just read some scripture and you begin to say, you know something, God, I think that's stirring inside of me for me. I think you want me to do something with that. You want me to respond to that. You want me to do something with that. How am I going to do that? And begin to have a conversation with your heavenly father to say, God, how am I going to do that? And let him begin to speak to you about what that means. I mean, that's, you're not going to fulfill your destiny if you're not even thinking about it. And I'm just trying to help us all here. I want us all to fulfill the destiny of God. And we all can. But so many just don't. And I'm just asking you, you know, study, read and study the truth. Meditate on the word of God and his destiny for your life. Joshua 1 and verse 8. Don't let the law depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God is out for you to have good success. Why? Because he's made you, the New Testament says, a gazing stock. People are looking at you. And he wants to point out his goodness and his glory and his faithfulness. Number three, confess God's word for your destiny. Confess God's word for your life. Are you doing that? And I'm really feeling, you know, the challenge would be that somehow you would get a little bit kind of a, a, a book of some sort or... Uh, a di- I hate to say diary book because guys aren't going to get one of those. Uh, get a ledger, okay? Get a ledger, a journal. That's the word I couldn't find. Get a journal and maybe in the day, each day, make sure you're writing out something and you're speaking it out about your life and your destiny. God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to lead me. God, I want you to fill me. God, I want to take you wherever you have me. Where's my job? He has you there so that you can be light and salt. God, I want to be that. I don't want to be masked out of that, right? Because my confidence is to not be afraid to say, not be afraid to speak. And confess God's word over your life and over your destiny. Mark chapter 11 uh, uh, says this. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, for assuredly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, When you pray, believe that you'll receive and you'll have them. He says, say it, say it, say it, get it out. 
Any, get your private closet and get it out. Begin to speak out loud in prayer. I, the, the worst thing I've ever experienced was trying to think through an entire prayer time. I just, maybe you've made it work. I haven't been able to make it work. But the moment I begin to speak out in my prayer time, all of a sudden, man, it's like the presence of God just comes. Whatever I say, whatever I say, confess God's word and his destiny over your life. 2 Corinthians says this, 4.13. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. Come on, listen, catch that. I'm asking you to begin to speak in your prayer times over your own life. And he goes on, we also believe and therefore speak. So there's just something that we've been missing about this. You know, I don't know what it is, embarrassment, or you feel like you're talking to yourself or something. I don't know. I've experienced lots of things like that, trying to talk out loud in prayer. But I'm just telling you, once you forget to quit focusing on yourself and start talking to God, you'll begin to hear answers like you've never heard before. See, the enemy the enemy wants you to stop talking. He wants you to stop singing. He wants you to stop praying, and he wants you to stop confessing. That's what he's after for you. You'll lose your compass if you lose your voice. Faith comes by what you speak. And I think we all believe that, and we know that, but we don't practice that because it's a little awkward at times. Verse 4, spend time with people of faith who are seeking God's will and destiny for their life. (laughs) It doesn't mean you don't have outside friends, but you better connect with some people, maybe in a small group. We're going to start those in January or something where you're around people of faith. Jim Rohn said this, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And I'm thinking he might have gotten that out of Proverbs 13. He who walks with wise men will be wise. And he who walks with companions of fools will be destroyed. So who you connect with and build relationship with is going to impact you and your walk. And then the last thing here, uh, 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 go and make disciples. I believe this is the year that we need to go and make disciples. Nobody's going to argue that that's a pretty direct command, correct? We've got to start doing it. Stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you. And amen. Amen to God's word. Amen to God's word. We're going to pray. We're going to believe. That things are going to change in our life for this year. We're going to start rubbing up against God a little bit closer until we are completely magnetized. And then my compass is going to work for leading me and guiding me through this coming year in a supernatural, miraculous way. The last thing I want to do is just survive through next year. I want to help control next year. If I can say it that way. And you really understand what I mean. Come on. The church is supposed to be impacting out there. So let's do it. You're by somebody, so you must trust touching them. So would you just put your hand on the person next to you? Come on over here, Dez. I'll put it on you. You can put it on me. Come on, hon. Sweetheart. Let's pray. Let's pray right now. Father, I pray for a divine impartation 
to take place, even through this camera right now. If you're in your home, just put your hands on yourself or the person next to you. God, we believe for a divine impartation of the connections that you said every joint would supply. I want to supply Des. I want to supply Patricia right now by the power of your word and what you said through your word and how true your word is, God. We are on a firm foundation with it. So let your blessing and your favor be released even now for the direction you're taking us in 2021. We lay aside every hindrance. We lay aside everything that has distracted us or bothered us or robbed us from spending time with you. And we cry out today, God, for an amazing move of the Holy Spirit to take place in each one of us today. Lord, recalibrate and remagnetize my compass that I might not walk in the wrong direction, but God, I would follow you every step of the way, every day of my life. It is possible and you desire that. So release it in everyone, God, today, the power to follow Christ, even your very first call. And we thank you for that. I pray for anybody that's not saved. Maybe you're never been caliberized, never been magnetized. All you do is ask Jesus to come in and he will do it. He will do it. He will do it. If you believe in your heart and then make the confession with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, he will do it and he'll take it from there. Father, we thank you for that. I bless, I bless your people this morning and I thank you for your goodness toward us and how faithful you have been. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. 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 Can we give the Lord a hand?